The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and we're here at Voice America. This week, there was a very shocking story coming out of Los Angeles. It's alleged that L.A. Clippers owner Donald Sterling was recorded in a 10-minute conversation with his girlfriend, essentially disparaging and discriminating against minorities. In this 10-minute diatribe, he essentially chastised his girlfriend for posing with African Americans, including Magic Johnson. And he also had many sound bites in a negative way. One of which mentioned that it's okay to befriend black people. It's, it's all right to hang out with them, but please don't bring them to the LA Clippers games. And he also chastised her for taking the Instagram photograph and posting it with Magic Johnson. Now, this comes as a real shock because Magic Johnson, in his own interview, noted that when he first broke into the league, Dr. Jerry Buss, the owner of the Lakers, introduced him to Donald Sterling. And he felt that Sterling was a close friend, and he felt that, that he had um, you know, been very fair to him throughout his career and was unaware of this discriminatory type of thinking. Now the question is, as we approach post-time tomorrow, which is today, actually, try to figure that out, we want to know what action the NBA will take in light of this shocking decision. And more importantly, after our show tonight, you're going to get a chance to watch a game at Staples Center and see there's so many different subplots. Spencer, what are your thoughts on this? There are a lot of thoughts that range from this as really a lot, everybody should definitely have an opinion on this. And first and foremost, what Donald Sterling said about the Los Angeles Clippers and about the players and pretty much the whole league was so inappropriate on so many levels. We're to the point in this country with our president being African-American and in these times that we shouldn't be offensive towards people just because the color of their own skin. Basically, 
for for saying that African Americans uh, shouldn't go to Clippers games is so rude. For saying that he's the sole purpose, for saying that he's an innocent man just because he cl- puts clothes on African American basketball players and feeds them, that doesn't excuse his actions at all. Saying that you shouldn't be inviting African Americans and such a predominant figure in our country like Magic Johnson, who has battled AIDS, who has been the forefront for NBA basketball, to be against a man just because the color of his own skin and not even looking at the integrity of a person is so shallow-minded and just completely horrible. It, it, it is really horrible and quite frankly scary that a guy that speaks this way about minorities in this country is in such a position of power and that he hasn't and that this hasn't been uh that the justice of what donald Sterling's all about i'm surprised that he is still the clippers owner with all of this behind with all of this uh opinions coming from him i'm really surprised that Donald Sterling wasn't fired or, or didn't step down earlier because if he was really this racist the whole time, um, I'm surprised that he really stayed in the association that long. For the LA Clippers to represent, uh, to for your leader or for your owner to represent just such horrible racism and pretty much to talk that way about minorities... Uh, it's just completely unacceptable. And why should you reward someone's behavior like that when he's so against people just because of the color of their own skin and he's not looking at the the person? Really, he's just such a person of unequal values. And that is something that is going to cast a, uh, a real problem. He's casting a real pro- problem in cloud um, over these NBA playoffs. And if I was a Los Angeles Clippers player and this man was racist towards my ethnicity, I really don't know if I would want to reward that man with winning playoff games, generating more money, and continuing to sponsor his team in the playoffs and having them on national television and just having more revenue come in. Because Charles Barkley pointed out he took the Clippers from a $15 million franchise to $750 million. And actually, it wasn't him who did that. It was on the backs of players that were predominantly African-American. And according to him, he doesn't want to associate with any African-Americans at all. And he doesn't even want them coming to his games just because of the color of their own skin. So I am just quite frankly really disturbed by Donald Sterling. And it's just just embarrassing for him to have these point of views. And for him to be uh, so just racist and crude with his comments, uh, it just it's a really tough situation for Doc Rivers and these Clippers players. Do they reward the clip? Do they reward this owner and make him more money when they know how construed his his values really are towards them? Bruce, uh, what would you do if you were a Los Angeles Clippers player that happened to be African-American? 
Would you want to play and win ball games for your owner that is obviously against you, your skin color, and your whole background? Well, this is a very complex issue. And I refer to um, <coughs> excuse me. I refer to an interview with Shaquille O'Neal last night. And um, I've been listening carefully to Charles and, and, and Shaquille because they're you know, extremely experienced in the league. And what Shaq said is, honestly, he never won games for his owner, ever. He won games for himself and his family. And I think that if you're a professional basketball player, you have, you're, you're basically winning for yourself, your team, and your fans. Whoever the owner is is someone incidental. And you can't just, you also have to think of the integrity of the league. There's a lot of people, you know, you have the whole league, all the teams. And just to say, well, you don't want to see a, a team like lose purposefully or tank, it really affects the dynamics of all the playoffs. Um, that, you know, just like when a team is, let's say, uh, playing in Major League Baseball, they're 10 games out with five games to play. Are they just going to quit and lay down? Because no, that's not fair. They, ha they have to maintain the integrity. So the answer to your question is, if I was a player, I wouldn't be playing for the owner. I'd be playing for pride. I'd be playing to be professional. I'd be playing for my teammates, and, I, and I'd be playing for the fans. And I'd feel really bad about the fans in the sense that they can't really win. If they, if they boycott the game. So these are people who have paid big money for season tickets all year long. So imagine this, Spencer. You paid all the money. What's your reward? The playoffs, the playoff tickets. You're, you're in a real dogfight against uh, the, the Warriors, who are a regional uh, competitor of yours in California. And do you just, what do you do? Do you just put up your tickets on StubHub? Do you give them away? You just, you just eat your tickets as a sign uh, of protest? And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think it would be interesting if the Clippers could arrange T-shirts to be made sponsoring the players college gear so you can have a jj reddick shirt so you can have one section of the audience wearing jj reddick duke shirts one section wearing chris paul georgia Te georgia um, tech wake forest shirts one section wearing blake griffin oklahoma shirts i think that that would be a real creative way of kind of taking the dynamic of the clippers away but yet looking at the players and their and their personal backgrounds because you're right I mean you've grinded out a whole year with those 12 individuals in the locker room with you you and your coaches have have fought all year for the ultimate prize and you're not really thinking about the owner you're thinking about the 12 in the locker room with you and to just give up on your dreams because your owner happens to be really racist and have his views all messed up and embarrassed your the entire brand it's tough to to just to make that sacrifice and let the owner kind of affect you in the outcome of your season. That's how I would look at it if, if I'm a player. Should I let the owner win, kind of, or not let the owner win, but should I let him alter the alter the potential of this team? Because I guarantee that you know if the Clippers boycotted this game or if they didn't play then the owner would get all the publicity in the offseason. And I think it's better for Donald Sterling and the Clippers for them not to be reminded about Donald Sterling and his actions anymore. I mean, it's complicated because I do see the other side of the coin, though, as well. 
because it is it is a good idea to highlight what Donald Sterling is saying. It, it I mean I think it is a very good idea to to actually boycott as well because then you're actually sending a message that this is that this is very improper and unprecedented and you're actually making a stand but at the same time i mean giving up on all your hopes and dreams i probably still would play basketball i see both sides of the coin we're going to talk about this more in the next segment i'm really glad you guys are tuning in it's bruce the sports stock it's nba playoffs and we're talking about a big time scandal in los angeles right now Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now... Back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and we want to thank our director of Voice America Sports, Ray Ellis. We want to thank our president and leader, Jeff Spinard, and thank him for the opportunity to be on the air every week and speak to you, the listeners. This week, there's one dominant story. We touched upon it in our first segment. And it certainly demands revisiting in the second segment. That has to do with the owner of the LA Clippers, Donald Sterling, and his shocking racist remarks. And the question is, what is the proper alternative? What can the NBA do in response to this ugliness? Spencer, what are your ideas on this? This is Spencer the Wizard, my co-host, and here he is. Well, first off... I don't think that Donald Sterling will ever be able to recapture his image in Los Angeles as as the Clippers owner. I don't think that next year, if he still owned the Clippers, I think that there would be a backlash so large that the whole franchise would go down the tube, honestly. So I think the first step is for Sterling to, to sell the team and then move into obscurity because what he said really crossed the line and inf- and offended almost everybody. So 
his actions, what he said about how African-Americans have, have been earning him money and how um, he wouldn't sell property to minorities uh, just doesn't have a place in this culture. And he, and he shouldn't have that large of a position um, with an NBA franchise. He shouldn't shouldn't be an owner to that. So the first step, the evacuation plan for the Los Angeles Clippers is for Sterling to sell the team or he has to resign. He cannot be around next year. He cannot be in the building for any playoff games. He's not going to still be the owner because then simply no players are going to come. Who would ever want to play for a guy that is that narrow-minded and racist? And the answer is probably very few. So... For Donald Sterling, he needs to sell this team immediately. And ironically, someone who he could sell it to is Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson and his and his group owns a small share of the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. I think Magic Johnson also earns a women's professional basketball team in LA. Magic Johnson and his group, they have displayed interest in possibly looking for um, a new job in the NBA or looking to own a new team in the NBA in Los Angeles. So Magic Johnson would ironically be a great choice for Donald Sterling to give the job to uh, as an owner. And I think that Magic would be the perfect face for the Los Angeles Clippers as opposed to uh, the very racist Donald Sterling as the image. I think that uh, Sterling needs to sell the team, if not to Magic, to somebody else, and he needs to step down immediately so that his racist remarks and his attitude can soon be forgotten and this franchise can move on in a better direction. Well, um, I think when you, you're dealing with business, you're looking at rights. There's a lot of legal issues. There's a lot of angles here. Uh, when, when Donald Sterling bought this team, he paid $15 million. Over time, through the efforts primarily of African-Americans, players and coaches alike, his investment has grown to be worth $700 million. That's almost a billion dollars. So... Whoever's going to buy this team is going to is going to obviously compensate Donald Sterling. He's not just giving it to Magic Johnson. That's not going to happen. That that has never happened. We could look historically at certain owners who have been fined or suspended. The one that comes to mind first is former Cincinnati Reds owner Marge Schott. She made a series of racist and insensitive comments. And in 1996, she was actually banned for life for supporting Adolf Hitler and saying that he started off good and then turned bad. And again, I I didn't follow the story as closely. We have to look at it. It may have been members of her family who were trusted with the team until she finally sold the team in 1999. George Steinbrenner, famous owner of the New York Yankees, is now deceased was banned for life in 1990 because he was uh, basically tried to find dirt on one of his players, Dave Woodfield. And he was actually reinstated just three years later, so that's an interesting story. Certainly, if we look at the NBA, the uh, the poster child for receiving fines is none other than uh, Mark Cuban. Uh, 
He's been fined over $1.5 million over the years. And overall, you know, has had a, a big chunk. He was fined in 2002 and, and, two, and fined a half million dollars. Now, when you think about it, when you have a guy who's a billionaire, and again, Cuban is, is a self-made internet billionaire, a, a, a brilliant guy, a genius. So in order to really get a, a, a meaningful fine to a guy like that, you have to find him a half a million dollars. And what I think the NBA, my answer is, they should find one or more people. And just when they look to, to bring a franchise into the league, the, the NBA themselves should do the due diligence for prospective owners and should allow somebody else to purchase the team at fair market value from Donald Sterling. This is the only way the LA Clippers are going to get under this cloud. And they're going to be able, I mean, obviously you have a terrible public relations nightmare. You know, a, a lot of the, you know, you know what stirs the drink, Spencer? It's, it's the marketing dollars. It's the advertising. So at least two major advertisers have essentially discontinued their relationship with the Clippers. So that, so, so something's got to give here. And the real microscope is on Adam Silver, who's a brand new commissioner of the league and just put in, in the Petri dish. I'm sure David Stern is helping behind the scenes. But, Spencer, what are your thoughts? Obviously, other than selling the team, what kind of penalty should come down for, uh, for the owner of the uh, Clippers? Well, you make a very good point that Donald Sterling has always been about money. And for Sterling, if, if someone bought the team from him, he would be making a very large sum of money and would end up getting rewarded for actually selling the team, which is, which is not deserving because, of course, you know, Sterling and, it, and his horrid comments should not be getting compensated at all in this time. He should be getting punished um, for his insensitive remarks. It's really tough to say. I don't think it would be service to L.A. to sell the team or to to put the team in another city like Las Vegas or Kansas City, even though those two cities would probably be fine with a professional team. You see small cities doing fine with NBA basketball cities. I think that there is a loyal following of Clippers fans, though. And especially with the exciting brand of basketball with Doc Rivers, Chris Paul, you have some really excellent leaders in that in that organization. Really strong, powerful, and experienced guys that could really be the catalyst to this team. You just have to find a new owner. And there are wealthy people out there that can buy this that can buy this basketball team. Um I mean, the quicker you get this guy a Sterling out, the sooner that the brand can then be rebuilt. It would be interesting. My question to you, Bruce, is: Would it be? Would the owner's race actually play a factor in this? Would it be really beneficial to have an African American owner? What should the owners, the new owner, step be? in trying to resurface and get those sponsors back to the Los Angeles Clippers. And if I was a sponsor, I would wait a year to see that the new owner is a very professional and rational owner 
that treats everybody fairly and equally. And then I would be fine putting my sponsorship back on the product of the Los Angeles Clippers because then with a rightful owner, you're focusing on the positives, which is great basketball, Lob City, Chris Paul, Doc Rivers, J.J. Redick, Blake Griffin, Matt Barnes, and this fantastic Clippers squad. It's so sad that they're getting overshadowed by Donald Sterling because this really is the darling of the NBA in terms of their basketball team kind of coming up from nothing, having a lot of draft picks. In the early 2000s, the Clippers were in the cellar. That's why Donald Sterling only made $15 million with this team, because they were constantly in the NBA draft lottery. They weren't even sniffing the playoffs. You know, their uh, stepbrother, you could say, the Los Angeles Lakers were totally dominating that city. But now the Clippers were just starting to really turn the tide and actually be a rival to the Lakers and now this happens so you got to get an owner quickly um, Bruce again my question for you is how would you gain sponsors um, and if you're the NBA specifically how would you make this this cheaper because I think it must be kind of difficult now that the team is worth so much well with inflation um, almost all sports franchises are worth much more now than years ago and this is the longest tenured owner in the nba so you're not you're not going to be able to devalue the team and um beyond whatever devaluing it has been due to these remarks and whether regardless of the ethnicity of the owner the the new owners i don't think that really matters to anybody you just want to have good, fair owners. And again, there's so many professional teams. This really stands out. Obviously, we, we talked historically about some of the suspensions. And Marge Schott was admittedly a drunk, a racist, an embarrassment. And eventually, she was a thief and an embezzler and a fraud. And uh, you could look back in, in the early uh, the 1930s, the Phillies had an owner who bet on baseball and was banned for life. Pete Rose, of course, was not an owner, but he was bad for life for betting on baseball. So you're really going into uncharted territory in the NBA. And I think that everybody is looking for the harshest possible penalty. But again, there's some legal issues. In the United States, it's, it's, not, it's, it's ter- terribly unethical, but not illegal per se to say those things. But the, the league is a private venture. So they have the ability to sanction its members and owners because it's like a private club. So it's not, it's not a criminal matter, but it's a quasi-legal matter. And the outcome and disposition of this will be something we'll be watching carefully. Please stay tuned for the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're going to be interviewing Bleacher Report reporter Wesley Kaminsky, who happens to be an expert on the Chicago Bulls. Thanks for listening. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. 
serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you are listening to bruce the sports doc with dr bruce grossinger if you have a question or comment about today's program please call in at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. What's happening, Voice America? This is Spencer Grossinger, a.k.a. Spencer the Wizard, from Bruce the Sports Doc, and I'm very excited to be back on the airwaves after a couple weeks off. Boy, do we have a lot of material to get to. The NBA playoffs are in full bloom, and there is no one better to talk to than this man from Temple University. Give it up for Wes Kaminsky. Great to be back. Great time of the year right now. Yeah, it's great to be talking to my friend Wes, and he writes at BleacherReport.com, and he's a communications major at Temple University. So, Wes, I first want to ask you, on a rate from 1 to 10, how exciting has these playoffs been so far? Yeah, I, I, I really do like to elaborate, jump to elaborations, but I gotta give it a 10. 
I mean, you look at these series between the Pacers collapse in the East. I mean, the Heat series ended, but and then you got the Brooklyn series, which is very tough. Seeing a young Toronto team go at it like that, bounce back last night. The Bulls series, minus last game, all 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 the games have been close. I mean, it's just been really amazing. And then, of course, the West. Every series in the West is just a battle. I mean, Memphis, Memphis is seven, Dallas is eight, and you know both. I can see both those teams giving Miami the run. It's just been, it's been really amazing. My favorite series right now is definitely been the Portland and uh, Portland Houston. These teams just look so even. It's so so many overtime games and so many class plays. So I'm sure Daniel and it's just like every game just going down the water last night was just amazing and Portland Yeah, how about that play for Mo Williams last night? Portland just has so many of these role players that you can identify with, like Robin Lopez, Mo Williams, kind of NBA journeyman on that roster. Uh, Batum, who's a veteran. Uh, I mean, that game had so many twists and turns to it last night. Um, I just wanted to uh, ask you a question. Which was the more surprising factor last night? You have a guy from the D league come into the league in Troy Daniels and this guy is ice all the pressure of the NBA playoffs doesn't seem to get to this cat because he went three for three at the foul line last night and had 17 points so do you think that Troy Daniels or Nicholas Batum's 25 points were the more surprising factor of last night's contest I mean Troy Daniels by far you know, Batum's a really good player this guy Daniels came out of nowhere I mean you don't see that that often and then uh, he had a free throws but the most interesting part of that play was how Kevin McHale ran a play just for him like he drew that up for Daniel to shoot a three and ended up getting fouled but he nailed all three without hesitation so I mean yeah I gotta go with that I mean you don't expect that why he was in the game in game three and then he hits the shot is just I mean Mikhail has a lot of confidence in him and Daniel has a lot of confidence in himself yeah, VCU alum right there, Troy Daniels, putting on for Richmond, Virginia. And uh, just unbelievable series, Wes. I mean, between Portland and, and Houston, that was some of the best basketball I've ever seen. And even Dwight Howard was showing effort on both ends. I mean, if you were to criticize Houston, do you think it would start with James Harden's defense? I mean, because really, LaMarcus Aldridge in this series has just torched them the first two games wrecked breaking back-to-back 43 and 46 point performances so how would you assess Houston's defense and LA's play it's nice to see him stepping up on the NBA's biggest stage yeah I think that uh I think Harden's defense has definitely been a huge problem I mean, and his shot decisions shot making his decisions I really have not liked um like <laughs> Last night when they were talking about two, he wanted the shot clock down and shot a contested three. So, I mean, I think that Harden could definitely be doing a lot better job. And Dwight Howard's been, he's been the best player for Houston on both sides of the ball. He's immediately making his free throws. I mean, I just feel like Harden, when he attacks, he's so hard to guard. And I think he settles for that jump shot too much and hesitates. Yeah. And they could it is because it's all been really decided in the overtime period Oklahoma City could be up on Memphis or Memphis could be up 3-1 that's a great series out west I love, I love the way Memphis plays you know, they play so hard 
It reminded me of kind of like the, the Bulls are to the West. I mean, not many, not many superstars on the team, but they all play together. Guys like Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, Marcus Sol. I mean, they are a really good team. You saw them beat the Thunder last year, so it's just it's very interesting. That's a really good series. Yeah, if I remember, if I recall, the Grizzlies made it to the conference finals, then a very surprising firing of Coach Holland, and Dave Yeager has he steadied the helm for sure. Do you think that the Thunder are a more talented roster though than Memphis, or has Memphis just been plagued by injuries and you could throw out seeding? Well, yeah, I mean Memphis missed Marcus Sol for like a lot of the season that cost them, and then he came back. They started getting it going. Yeah, the Thunder, I mean, they got Durant and Westbrook. I mean, they got a really talented team. They've, they're probably the two best players in the series. But the way Memphis plays together as a team and believes in each other, it's just they always have a chance. I mean, they were a minute away from winning the other night until Reggie Jackson won the game for them. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, does he need to pass the ball more? It's just, yeah, at times he does. I mean, obviously... Him and Durant are such good players, they both demand the ball, but when Durant is hot, I think he's got to understand he's got to keep being Durant because he's a scary guy once he gets going, and I mean, Westbrook's got such a high motor, and it's, it's yeah, I, I think so. What are your predictions? That t- this could be unprecedented. Two one seats could possibly go down. Uh, what are your predictions for the rest of these series and San Antonio as a whole? My personal opinion is they get past Dallas. They could get past them in six. But are they in trouble? Has Dallas exposed the the Spurs? And uh, what are what are their uh, Title, uh, what's your title predictions for San Antonio? You think they could still achieve all their goals, or has Dallas really exposed them? I think San Antonio can be just, I mean, they, they can easily be down 3 nothing right now. Dallas could be going with the sweep. Game one, Dallas was up by 10 with five minutes left, and they went on a scoring trap. I mean, Dallas has pretty much dominated the series. And that, I mean, or could, that Vince Carter shot was just it was an amazing shot. My favorite part of that shot was actually seeing Mark Cuban celebrate on the floor with his team. Oh, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to play for Mark Cuban. Spurs can get it together. I mean, we've seen, they fight through adversity all the time, but I mean, this is a really tough matchup for them. I know they swept in the regular season, but regular season means nothing. I mean, Dallas is a good team, and it really depends. I, I, I think the Spurs are going to pull out in seven. Usually you have an eighth seed, kind of like this year's Bobcats, that are just happy to be there. A lot of young players trying to figure it out, just gaining some postseason experience. That's not the case with these Dallas Mavericks, who have a lot of aging players that have been there before. These guys have faced the Spurs. This rivalry has been going on for pretty much five years with the same cast of players. So Dallas, I guess they really shouldn't be scared of San Antonio. Yeah, they've got, I mean, Dirk and Duncan lived that in the playoffs for 13 years. And Vince Carter has been in finals. I mean, this is a. Monte Ellis has been. He was on that We Believe Warriors team. I mean, Dallas is an experienced team, and Rick Carlisle is probably the best coach left besides Greg Popovich. They might be the two best coaches in the playoffs right now. Right, so if I were going to tell you that Portland, Dallas, and Memphis were to advance, of the underseeded teams in the West, who could possibly make it to the NBA Finals from those croppings of teams? Out of those three? Yeah. Um, I mean, the West, I, I, never, I can't remember, like, 
the West ever or a conference ever being as wide open in the playoffs. It's just I wouldn't be surprised if really any team in that conference won won the West. Um, and out of those three, I'd have to go with Portland. I mean, I really like their game. They're so deep, and they just Damian Lillard is just on another level right now. How he's playing in these playoffs, and Lamarcus Aldridge is doing something, is making history with him, and. I really like what Portland's doing, and I, I want that series to go seven now. So. Yeah, I know. Such great basketball. I even think Houston is so loaded as well. Cause Chandler Parsons, you know, he should have played. He should have took more shots in the fourth quarter last night. But Beverly Parsons, Harden, and Howard versus Lillard, Batum, Wesley Matthews, Mo Williams. Just such deep teams battling in the Western Conference, and you have to enjoy it. But right now, I want to ask you another multiple-choice kind of fun questions for the listeners. And that is, if you could have one point guard to lead your franchise through these playoffs, out of these names, who would it be? We get Stephen Curry, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, or the streaky Monte Ellis? Out of those four? Out of those four. I was about to say, out of anybody, I'd probably take Tony Parker for one more run. Wow. (laughs) The old savvy veteran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Out of those four, not Monte Ellis. He's a little too streaky for me. He's not like a genuine point guard. He's more of a scorer. Um, I think right now I really, I love Damian Lillard. I've this is only his second year and it's just he just he looks like maybe the best point guard in the league right now. And watching him play really makes me miss Derrick Rose also cause like just seeing him t- put Portland on his back and just makes me miss D Rose, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure um, I'm sure Bulls fans feel those sentiments as well. We are in studio right now, and Wes Kaminsky is on the line, and we got one more segment coming up. Chicago Bulls fans, in particular, you're gonna want to stick around because we are going to be talking Bulls and Wizards coming up in three. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Julie Bueller are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. 
injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams. Each week, join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To Bruce the Sports Doc on the Voice America Sports Network. Thank you again to the listeners for tuning in to this NBA playoff special. I am here with Wes Kaminsky on the line. He is an expert Bulls fan and has been an avid fan ever since he was in elementary school. So Wes is definitely qualified to talk about this 2014 playoff series versus Washington. And Wes, when I look at this series, I see on one side of the floor... Two emerging superstars in Bradley Beal and John Wall. And then I see for Chicago an aging Kirk Heinrich and a journeyman in DJ Augustine. Have the Bulls just been outmatched in terms of guard play this series? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, and the picks. Uh, Nene has been had an excellent series. He struggled last game, obviously. Oh, he didn't play last game. But yeah, I mean, John Wall and Bradley Beal, I mean, they look like the two future best backcourt in the league. I mean, John Wall is so good passing to the corners and driving. Bradley Beal is just, he's, I feel like he's hit every single shot. I mean, he's a great, and he's only 20 years old. Yeah, the Bulls are really outmatched. I mean, they brought in Heinrich, so they expected him to back up Derrick Rose. And, I mean, this year they expected that to happen. Obviously, Rose got hurt again, so Heinrich's forced to play a huge role. And at this point in his career, he's just not the same player he once was. He, he's not a consistent jump shooter, and he's just, he can't keep up with these guys a lot. And DJ Augustine, he's a very streaky shooter, but, I mean, he struggles with his, he struggles with his defense. He's, he is not going to go on one person in this series. And just asking a lot of these guys who, yeah, right now the Bulls just look like they are outmatched, and it's, it's kind of hard to watch sometimes. The ironic thing is that looking at this series, it could very easily be 2-2 because there was one game where the Bulls had a golden opportunity 
to be headed back 2-2 to be and hosting a playoff game. And that was game two. Chicago was up 91 to 85 with three minutes and 56 seconds left. They went on from there to not score any points, and the Wizards ended up taking it to overtime and winning. Wes, when this Bulls team needs a basket, it seems that they don't have a go-to guy, and it seems like they're having droughts at the worst possible time when Washington is actually fully engaged on defense. Can you assess this problem and is there any way for Tom Fibido to fix this or is it a complicated situation because these guys are not great at creating their own shot? Yeah, I mean, this isn't a new problem. This has been a huge issue all year with this team. Um, since they, they've, they've been able to stay in games because of their defense and they're, they're a really bad half-court team. And this series, I mean, game one, they could have won two, and they went to a draft in the game, and game two was the exact same thing. It's just so hard for them to score, because the only guy who really created a shot is DJ Augustine, and he's, he's, he's a small player, and game two, the Wizards put Trevor Reza on him, and they shut him down, and Augustine couldn't get going. Um, now, game three, you know, Mike Dunleavy got it going. He, was, I mean, he had an incredible game, coming off pick and rolls and hitting threes. But he, he's not really a guy to create his own shot either. Um, obviously, they missed that with Rose, and then they missed that with Lou all day, who they traded. So, yeah, they're, I mean, they're a very offensive, offensively challenged team, and everybody knew that coming in. Boozer uh, is supposed to be a guy who can do that, and he is just, kind of go on him about games, but he's been terrible this series, and just, Todd Gibson last game was the only reason they were even remotely in the game. Looking at this team, man, you guys had a pretty good uh, march and uh, and really finished it up well in April. Uh, this team really rallied throughout the midpoint of the NBA season. And you watch a lot of regular season Bulls games. Would you attest uh, their success to just uh, being more mentally engaged into the game, just, just outworking teams? Or do you think that they're underwhelming in terms of what they offered in the regular season? Like, do you think... It's a little bit of both. I mean, they had a really easy, they had an easy schedule going in, but I mean, in March and the second half, they had kind of an easy schedule. But I mean, this isn't the most talented team in the world, so it's not like. Um, so yeah, I mean, they have, they're, not, they're very challenged. They've, they overachieved a lot this year, and I think everybody knows that. Tom Thibodeau would never admit it because I mean, he just he always thinks the Bulls. So his favorite philosophy is, you know, we have good enough to win with, and. Right now, it really does not look like they have that. But yeah, they're just they just overachieved this year. Everybody, I mean, they were when they played a day. That was supposed to be them like tanking, supposed to be them giving up. But you know what? Told the Bulls players that you know. Looking at Chicago right now in their roster, I guess you really need some instant offense uh, going into, uh, I guess, for next year's team, uh, assuming that Washington can close them out. What would be the glaring weakness and position that Chicago should try to look at so that they could compete uh, for an Eastern Conference title? Well, they're getting Derrick Rose back, which, fingers crossed, he's able to stay healthy. But they're getting an MVP back. Who knows? Like he's obviously not going to be the same player. But they're getting him back, which is huge. 
I mean, I think they should go all in for Carmelo Anthony. Um, they've lacked someone, since Rose has been there, they've lacked uh, another star with him. And they really need someone to create his own shot, someone who can take over a game for when like, Rose is struggling or whatever. Someone else who could step in that role and do that. And, I mean, I think, I don't know what Carmelo's thinking, but I think I think that uh, if he's going to leave New York, the Bulls are really the best opportunity for him to compare him with Rose, uh, Joe Candela and Taj Gibson. I mean, I think everybody on the Bulls team should be made available except for Gibson, Noah, Rose, or Carmelo. Looking at this year's team and uh, a couple of the past seasons, the Bulls have been in position to win the NBA, to win the Eastern Conference. But looking at how top-heavy this draft is, are there some points when you're like, "I wish this team wouldn't have overachieved so much, so we could get a better draft pick"? No, I I hate when teams tank on purpose. I mean, I had a lot of fun watching this team play this year. It was a really joy to watch them because I mean, I just. I just love how hard they play when they don't when they don't have the talent. I mean, I just I, I had a lot of fun watching them this year, and it's been great. But I mean, I knew that there's an expiration point for them in the playoffs. And I'm not saying the series is over yet, so I could see them winning tomorrow easily. But coming back, winning three straight against this Wizards team, I think is going to be really tough. Hypothetically, how much could Derrick Rose? have altered the course of this series and if Derrick Rose is just even about 80% you could very well make an argument that Chicago uh, could possibly be playing could possibly be playing Atlanta in the next round and then taking on the heat again so is Derrick Rose is could he be the piece of the puzzle that this team needs with the roster they have now could Chicago really be the second best team in the Eastern Conference well, it's hard to know. I mean, if Rose was playing this year, they would have competed for the number one seed. They wouldn't be in this position. And they'd have gangs still. And it just would have been a whole completely different series. It's it's just so hard to predict what could have happened. Like, when he tore his ACL that year, it's hard to predict. They easily could have won, they could have won the championship that year. And you just never know. You never know how Rose is going to come back and how he's going to play. And it's just, it's just really unfortunate what's happened to them. But... Luckily, I don't know. We'll see what happens. You talked about Carmelo Anthony coming to Chicago, and he's a guy that is often a, a kind of a me player. I mean, he shoots uh, he, he shoots a ton of shots per game. He really likes the basketball in crunch time and throughout the game. Do you think that they would bat heads kind of because Tom Thibodeau runs? He just loves team basketball, and I could kind of see Melo and Thibodeau uh, kind of batting heads at the beginning, but do you think it would be worth it for Melo to uh, to go to Tom Thibodeau and learn from him? Oh, yeah, I think that's the best thing that can happen for Melo at this point in his career. I mean, where the, I don't know where the Knicks are going right now. I mean, they got Phil Jackson, which is good for them, but they need, I, they need a lot of help, and the Bulls are just a few pieces away, and they have a great coach who... Every player who goes there, you have to change your game. You have to play team basketball and everything. And Thibodeau has done that. I mean, Thibodeau is a very stubborn coach. He can be very demanding with his rotations. Like, Boozer hasn't played in the fourth quarter pretty much the whole season, which is not a bad thing because Todd Gibson has had an amazing year. But it's just Thibodeau is a really stubborn guy. He, like, Jimmy Butler plays 53 minutes in the second game. He played the entire game. I mean, he's got to be dead. Yeah. And, you know, you got to just... To play for the Bulls, you gotta 
you got to expect a lot and deliver. Which players are expendable from this Bulls team? If you were the general manager, which players would you release and which ones should stay? I know this is tough because Chicago, having Kirk Heinrich back, guys like Jimmy Butler that have been loyal to the program, it's going to be tough to let go of some guys, but I'm sure that they're going to have to clean house a little bit heading into next year. Well, yeah, Heinrich's a free agent this year, and I don't know if they're going to resign him or not. Um, I mean, I love Heinrich a lot. But, I mean, it's, I mean, he's seen better days, definitely. Uh, Carlos Boozer is likely to get amnesty after this season, which I'm very happy about. <laughs> um, I think everybody on this team could be expendable, except for Rose, Noah, and Gibson. I, just, I don't want to see Gibson go. And I really do like Jimmy Butler, but if he's available for Carmelo, you have to, you can't hold on to Jimmy Butler just Looking at the Wizards and Marcin Gortan and Nene, they actually have a deeper team than uh, much expected. I mean, Trevor Ariza, talented uh, NBA champion with the Los Angeles Lakers, is now on the Wizards. I mean, do you see this Wizards team beating uh, Atlanta in the next round, likely, and uh, could possibly be facing Miami for the championship? I, uh... I mean, the winner of this Bulls series, if they play Atlanta, they're, they're going to win easily. Uh, I mean, the Pacers are just a disaster right now. I, I can't remember ever seeing a team like fall apart like this. They were yeah. the best team of the year for the half, first half of the season, and they just have completely lost it. Roy Hibbers averaging sort of like six points and four rebounds. Yeah. Uh, Frank Vogel's just completely lost the team. And you see Hibbert isn't even in at the end. He's like a cheerleader out there on the bench, and it's just... <laughs> I, the Pacers are a disaster right now. I, I, it's really insane to watch. Yeah, one more question. We have Wes Kaminsky. I mean, since you brought up Indiana, I think we should um, give some insight into into what we know about Indiana. It just looks like chemistry issues right now. You heard allegedly that Lance Stevenson and Evan Turner got into it after practice. Danny Granger left that ball club. I mean, I guess chemistry matters more than you think, even in a league with professional basketball players that, that could score the ball and be so talented. You look at Roy Hibbert's production, I think a lot lot of what Indiana is struggling with is mental. Would you say that that's true? Yeah, I mean, the Pacers have lost it. They, uh, they just, Frank Vogel's, if they lose next game, he's going to get fired. And <laughs> they, you know, the biggest issue is a point guard play and center play. Hibbert has just completely lost it. He was a defensive player of the year candidate. Right. I don't know what happened to him. George Hill is not a championship caliber point guard. And... I mean, you could say you know, when Evan Turner came over, they did start to struggle, but I don't know what happened with the Pacers. And Lance Stevenson's going to be a free agent. He might leave. And, and the Pacers, they, they won. It was like, you know, the best story. Team that could challenge Miami for like a few years. And now they just, they're a complete mess. I think overachieving at the beginning of the season, combined with Paul George just playing absolutely outstanding basketball, and when you catch teams earlier, early in the season and you can work together and your defense is there, Indiana really starts from a defensive perspective, but looking at George Hill and Hibbert and the guys that they have, I don't think they have the talent to deal with Miami, and it's interesting, Frank Vogel earning a one seed, Frank Vogel, I'm guessing, is in his mid to late 30s, so he 
he's still a very young coach. I'm sure someone's going to pick up Frank Vogel if he if he leaves, right? He's one of the best coaches in the league um, for the duration of the season, but now you're, you're kind of looking at him the other way because of this whole debacle. This might be the biggest debacle in NBA history. It's really ridiculous to see. I, I don't see how Frank Vogel possibly survives this. If they lose to the Hawks, they lose to the 38 and 44 Hawks. Yeah. Hawks were supposed to tank this year. The Knicks just sucked even more. That's how bad the East was. And the fact that the Pacers are not handily beating the Hawks and are a game away from losing, it's just. I. It makes me very happy. I can't stand the Pacers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little Bulls bias coming in there. And that is, it's so funny. When you think about Indiana, you think of the Seattle Seahawks. And, and Wes, do you remember that Seahawks game when Marshawn went crazy and, and they beat New Orleans? What was the record of Seattle that year? Oh, yeah, Seattle, it was 7 and 9. 7 and 9. And now Atlanta. 38 and 44, and right now taking care of. Yeah, a bunch of guys, Mike Scott's delivering. Al Horford hasn't even played, and you see Jeff Keyes just outplaying every single player on the Pacers. Yeah. And that's, that's just been, that's been a really fun series because just to see the Pacers just collapse like that is. Very it makes for great television, great drama, and that's what the NBA playoffs are all about. Wesley Kaminsky, thank you so much for joining me, man. Have a great rest of your week, and hopefully these Bulls can come back and uh, and get three and play Atlanta. Let's get Jimmer in the game. Yeah, Jimmer for depth, baby. All right, Wes, take care, man. I'll see you. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then.